welcome back to the Practicology Podcast with Mike and Matthew, where we are putting theology to work in our everyday lives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you haven't already, maybe think about subscribing to the podcast at practicologypodcast.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts. If you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you gave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. That's not to give Matthew and me a pat on the back, but it does allow more people to see our podcast and take advantage of the encouragement and teaching. Well, Matthew, what you got in store for us today? Well, I'm going to answer that question with a question. Mike, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Oh, man, that's a question that catches me off guard. Uh, Matthew, just off the top of my head, I think what I want to do is um, spend a lot of time recording podcast episodes with you. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting career plan, Mike. We'll see how that works out for you. But where I am going with that question is as we learn Scripture better, we are more equipped to answer that question of what we're supposed to do with our life and how to live our lives today. I'm thinking of Ephesians 5.17 today. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Right. I take it then, the way you just said that, that your point is that the Scriptures give us the will of God. Yes, Scripture is God's revelation to us of His will for us. So when Ephesians 5.17 tells us, understand what the will of the Lord is, that is an appeal for us to better understand the word of the Lord. It's precepts, it's principles, and it's probably a third thing that starts with P that I can't think of right now. But we're thinking today about the sufficiency of Scripture, or in simpler terms, the Bible is enough. I love it, Matthew, and I have a suspicion this episode is giving our listeners exactly what we said we wanted to do with the Practicology podcast. We are showing that the theology of Scripture is practical. So let's get really practical, Matthew. Where in the Bible can I find the will of the Lord on whether I should major in chemistry or history, whether I should move to Malawi or none of it, or whether I should marry Matilda or Harriet? Does the Bible answer those questions? Well, sort of. For example, the Bible would say that you should not marry Matilda or Harriet. You should stay married to Helen. Right, yeah. Well, I get that, and I plan to because I'm actually very thankful for my marriage to Helen, and we are committed to one another. But I was thinking of other people more generally and hypothetically. I know that, but it serves my point actually today. You should stay married to Helen, not only because she's good for you and you're thankful for her and you like each other, but because Scripture teaches the permanence of marriage. Because Scripture's intent is that you will be faithful to each other until the Lord comes or death doth ye part. In other words, that is God's will for you. It is revealed to you in Scripture. So following on from that, here is our first lesson today. Remember the purpose of Scripture. Kevin DeYoung, in his helpful little book, Taking God at His Word, says this. I'm going to quote it, or maybe it's a paraphrase, but the Bible doesn't tell us everything we want to know about everything. It tells us everything we need to know about the most important things. It gives us something no blog, no podcast, no professor, no other book could ever give. It gives us wisdom. Yeah, think of 2 Timothy 3.15. The scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The scriptures give us wisdom. The immediate intent of scripture isn't to get you a better job or to tell you whether to study chemistry or history, but the Bible does contain everything we need for the knowledge of salvation and for godly living. That's the purpose of scripture. 
and for that purpose it is enough. We need no additional revelation to live and walk faithfully with God. We are to be wise and to understand what the will of the Lord is, and Scripture supplies that wisdom for us. It reveals to us that will. The Bible is enough. Mike, one of the Bible characters that I really appreciate and am intrigued by is Ezra. His is a fascinating story in a remarkable era of the history of God's people. Of course, we can read about him in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah in the Old Testament, and we read something there that exhibits just exactly what I'm talking about today. In Ezra chapter 7, King Artaxerxes sends a letter with Ezra as Ezra is returning to Jerusalem and leading a crowd of people with him. And Artaxerxes says, You are sent to Jerusalem according to the law of God in your hand. That's an obvious reference to Scripture. Ezra, the scribe, holding Scripture in his hand. You are sent to Jerusalem according to the law of God in your hand. Then Artaxerxes says, Ezra, appoint judges according to the wisdom of God in your hand. I love that. The law of God in his hand was the wisdom of God in his hand. When Ezra held the scriptures in his hand, he held the wisdom of God in his hand. And that's what the scriptures are for, to give us wisdom on how to live. Again, Ephesians 5.17, don't be foolish, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How? by understanding the Bible better. Okay, Matthew. Yeah, I hear you. I like what you're saying. Um, just take me a step further to make this clear, though, to make this practical. You're saying the scriptures don't necessarily tell me what program to study, and I didn't see Helen's name lighting up in scripture when I decided to ask her to marry me. So exactly how does scripture tell me how to live and what to do? Yeah, okay. Thanks for asking that. That's a good clarifying question, so let me clarify with our second lesson today, as I've already drifted into it, really. Number two, the sufficiency of Scripture is an ethical and practical doctrine. That is, it is sufficient to teach me precisely how to live a life that pleases God. How are these for some examples, Mike? 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification, your growth in holiness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Peter 2.13, be subject for the Lord's sake to human government, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. This is the precise, clear, articulated will of God for you as an individual. It is the will of God to do good. The scriptures teach me that. Or we could come back to Ephesians where we started. Come to chapter 6. Bondservant slaves, obey your earthly masters with a sincere heart as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart in your workplace. The scriptures tell me precisely how to live. They, they are enough to tell me how to live. They are practical. They tell me to be holy, to be thankful, to be a good citizen, to work hard with integrity in my work. Those are a few examples of what the will of God is for my life. Okay, now all those scriptures you just referenced, they actually use the phrase will of God. So are you saying that I need to actually see that phrase in the scripture to figure out whether this is one of the places where God is revealing his will to me? No, thanks for that. That's a good question. I'm just referencing those passages because we ask a lot, what is the will of the Lord? And I'm just showing that scripture is telling us this is where God is giving us the will of the Lord. But every commandment God has for me today is his will for me today. 
Every commandment in Scripture that God has for me today is His will for me today. We could go through the rest of Ephesians 5, 6 and find that the will of God is for us to be sexually pure, to not get drunk, to be filled with the Spirit and sing spiritual songs with my brothers and sisters. It is for husbands to selflessly love wives like Christ loves us and for wives to submit to husbands and children to honor parents and so on. So the Bible is giving me wisdom for life. It is sufficient to tell me how to live. Yeah, that's really, really good. I just want to push back a little bit more, though. Uh, there are still times in my life where I want an answer as to which path I should take. And I find that the Bible doesn't always mention those things specifically. So again, should someone study chemistry or history? Should someone, not me, but someone who is still single and contemplating marriage, should they marry Matilda or Harriet? Is the Bible sufficient for these decisions? Yeah, you are getting a little bit pushy there, Mike, as you push back on me, but uh, I don't want to get totally sidetracked onto the subject of finding God's will on those questions, but it is a fair question in light of what I've been saying. So let me attempt a two-part answer. Scripture's sufficiency is seen not only in its direct commands, its precepts, but also in its principles. If someone is contemplating marriage and who to marry, there are not only direct commands in Scripture to consider and obey, but there are surely some additional principles of Scripture you're going to want to take into consideration. This is a pretty big decision. Are you in agreement with this potential individual? Are you in agreement about values and priorities in your life? Those are some principles to take into account. Six times the Lord Jesus replies to people's questions or comments in the scripture by asking this rhetorical question. This catches my attention. He says, have you not read? For example, in Matthew 12, that's the scene where the disciples are plucking corn on the Sabbath. He says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? That's when people were challenging him as to whether what the disciples did was acceptable. There wasn't a scripture text that said, yes, you may pluck corn when hungry on the Sabbath. But there was still a principle, a lesson from Scripture that was relevant. And the Lord drew on that. In other words, the Lord is saying, if you knew the Scriptures better, you would know better as to the right course of action and what is right and what is wrong. The Lord Jesus knew the Scriptures perfectly. He is that blessed man of Psalm 1 who meditated in the law day and night. And he knew how to use the Scriptures. So he had the mind of God on all these matters. That's what the scriptures are, the mind of God, in their precepts and in their principles. They give us, in the words of 1 Corinthians 2.16, the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ in the scriptures. So I know the mind of God better through his word. I will be better equipped to make the right decision when I'm faced with a choice as I know his word better. That's what wisdom is about, by the way. It's about making right choices. And sometimes we are faced with a choice and we need to draw on what we know of the principles of Scripture in assessing the best path. That could be in regards to a career path, a life partner, which local church I'm going to fellowship when I, when I move to a new area, and a hundred other things. So number one, remember not just the precepts but the principles. Secondly, remember again the purpose of Scripture. Scripture doesn't speak to every single little decision it may be that there's no scriptural principle at stake in this decision. It may be a matter of personal preference. Of course, I should think about what would most honor God in every area of my life. Do whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I'm going to pray about it and think about it and make a decision. Any discussion on discerning the will of God should never ignore the valuable role of prayer. 
but you can study both chemistry and history to the glory of God. All other things being equal, which one interests you more? Which one will be more useful to you in your circumstances? So there may not always be some great biblical principle at stake in every little decision. Let me push that example one step further, though. I could be enrolled at university, have a choice in my electives, what uh, class I'm going to take. There could be an elective course that is 8 a.m. Monday morning. Another one is offered 10.30 a.m. Monday morning. Well, am I a morning person? Or am I out late every Sunday night with the Christians after enjoying the meetings of my local church for the day? Or maybe that's not a part of my routine at all. My point is those are just sort of some common sense decisions that a little practical reflection could give us some light upon. But... If there's one elective that's offered at 8 a.m. Monday morning and the other option is 7.30 p.m. Wednesday night when our local church meets to pray. Okay, well, now there's a scriptural principle at stake. So there may be multiple things at play in these decisions, but that's just an example where the clear will of God in Scripture's principles and commands guides me as to the right decision in how I'm going to order my life. Fair enough. And a good point on the principles as well as precepts. Matthew, are these also circumstances where I should consider asking for other people's input? Or does asking for the advice of others somehow fly in the face of the sufficiency of Scripture? If the Scriptures are sufficient, do I even need input from others? <laughs> okay, good good point. And let me make a, a third overarching lesson today. So number one, remember the purpose of Scripture in those words that I borrowed from Kevin DeYoung, it doesn't tell us everything we want to know about everything, but the scriptures do tell us all we need to know about the most important things. Second lesson, the sufficiency of scripture is an ethical and practical doctrine. This book is telling me how to live, to know how to live a godly life that pleases God, to be complete in my life for God. The Bible is enough. I don't need additional commandments that, that men have created or pushed upon me. No, I need scripture. In response then to your question just asked, Mike, uh, about consulting others, here's a third lesson. Other people know the Bible too. Other people know the Bible too. You aren't the only one who knows the Bible, and you don't know it all. So yes, sometimes we need to ask for input from others. And this actually comes right from the Bible. It's consistent with the sufficiency of Scripture because Proverbs eleven fourteen says, In an abundance of counselors there is safety. It is the will of God to consider input from others. And whether we seek that or who we seek it from will depend on my particular circumstances. To be honest with you, Esther and I are thinking through some big stuff in our lives these days as uh, we're recording this episode. And we're both talking with spiritual friends and getting their perspective, their help. Here's the thing to remember. What we're looking for from these friends, from these counselors, is wisdom that is based on God's revealed will in Scripture. Now, sometimes we may just be looking for input from someone because of their life experience and common sense. Maybe that's what I need in the moment. But for spiritual guidance, we are looking for people with spiritual discernment, with wisdom from above, people whose lives are rooted in the gospel of the Bible. And Mike, I guess a, a related point I want to make today is, well, I can benefit from the input of counselors. It's not that I'm looking for them to provide me a mystical experience. It's not that I need some additional hyper-spiritual feeling to know God's mind. I'm not looking for a fresh prophecy to tell me what to do. I'm not looking for them to tell me of a vision they got by the Kibar Canal like Ezekiel. Actually, as I say that, Mike, 
that's that's a point I think I would really like to make for our listeners today. Do you think it's okay for me to make that point and emphasize it? Well, Matthew, I'm flattered that you consider me uh, such a wise and biblical counselor as to ask me that question. Sure, go for it. Go ahead. Yeah, I do consider you that wise of a counselor, so uh, I will take your advice and make that point again. The sufficiency of the scriptures means I am not looking for a new prophecy or an additional mystical experience or some hyper-spiritual feeling or further vision from the Lord. Now, this is what the Bible is for. It is a complete revelation, and I'm not looking for further revelation. God does indeed have something to say to us today, and He has said it in His Word. The perspective and input of others is, obviously, it's often of massive value. Their life experience may allow them to identify and apply a relevant lesson from Scripture that I would have never considered. Sometimes that input from others may come from a personal conversation. Sometimes it may come from the preached word. The preacher is not a prophet in the sense of the gift of prophecy in the early days of the church, but he may function like a prophet in this sense. From the scriptures, he may give us just the word from the Lord that we, the people of God, need to hear today. This is an example, by the way, of how we could apply 1 Thessalonians 5.20 in, in our context in a local church today. 1 Thessalonians 5.20 says, Do not despise prophecies. Well, that's still a relevant principle for the life of the local church today. There is great value in hearing the preached word in the community of a local church. And that may be just the message that I need to hear to adjust my life or to address a question I had in my life. But even then, the authority in that preached message is because it is applying the living word of God to my life. The scriptures are relevant and authoritative and enough. My need for scriptures will never be exhausted. And thankfully, the circumstances of my life will never exhaust the wisdom of the scriptures and their relevance to me. I love the words of Psalm 119.105, they ever abide true. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Brothers and sisters, God does indeed have something to say to us in 2021, and he has said it in his word. So do not be foolish or unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He's given it to us in the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Yes, the Bible is enough. And uh, this doctrine, Matthew, of the sufficiency of Scripture is so practical that perhaps we'll revisit it in another episode in the future. Uh, I, I just think of times in my life where this truth that the Bible is enough has, has been a lifeline for me. And uh, it's, it's practical on many fronts. And you have brought this out very well in this episode. Thank you so much, uh, brother, for bringing this teaching to us. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. If you want to fire us any feedback from this episode or any other episode, you can find us on Twitter at M&M's Podcast, or just search for the Practicology Podcast, or you can fire us an email at info at practicologypodcast.com. In the meantime, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your life as we try to help you make the Bible part of yours. That's all for today. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, do have a wonderful day. And remember the words of Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. May the Lord bless you all. Mm-hmm.